0: Against all odds. Winning when people tell you you can't. Prepare to be inspired by an extraordinary episode of Entrepreneurship is a Marathon as we bring you the remarkable journey of Lisa Riggs, fondly known as the Sock Queen and the esteemed 2023 Enterprising Woman of the Year. Discover the invaluable wisdom she gained on her entrepreneurial path, facing skepticism and doubts from those who said she couldn't succeed, all while navigating the responsibilities of being a mother and a wife. Be prepared to be empowered as we unravel the secrets behind Lisa's phenomenal success as a sock queen and her unwavering commitment to her business and her family. So join us for an unforgettable conversation with the sock queen herself and gain the motivation and insights you need to conquer any obstacle or person standing in the way of your own entrepreneurial aspirations.
1: We have so much more for you today. Stay tuned. Welcome to Entrepreneurship is a Marathon, a podcast about how you can grow a profit-producing, purpose-driven business without burnout we don't need more people starting businesses we need more people continuing each week we'll deliver the latest and greatest tips tricks and strategies for you to revive grow and scale your business now here's your host consultant professor and the business defibrillator vanessa zami
0: I'm joined here with our special guest, Lisa Riggs, the founder of Spirit Sides USA. Yes. And we're going to be talking about how to win even when people tell you you can't. Okay. And as you know, for those who are new here, if you don't know, you will know. For those who have been around, you already know. This is the part of the episode where we always ask the question what has been your win of the week? What has been your win of the week? So for those of you listening to us on the YouTube channel, scroll to the bottom of the page down below and just type in the comments. What has been your win of the week? What do you need to be celebrating right now? Okay. And for those watching us on LinkedIn, on the right side there, what has been your win of the week? Okay. And we start off with our guest, Lisa. What's been your win of the week?
2: I love that you celebrate wins of the week. I feel like sometimes it's so easy to focus on what we didn't win, mm. and it's so important to focus on our successes. I, um, I am under an NDA with my win of the week because it's oh. potentially that big. Um, it's possibly a game changer for the entire company. So unfortunately, I can't reveal it. I can say it's huge, and we are so excited, and I'm working my tail off to get through everything to make sure that it's something... Um, but it will. I will announce it from all the tops of all the buildings when we do. <laughs> when we do get it. Personally, I can say yesterday was my husband's birthday, so that was also a nice win of the week.
0: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. And for those of you, maybe you also have an NDA thing that you cannot share, but always type it in the comments too. Like, hey, NDA banding, but hey, you know, there's an NDA thing happening, but I'm celebrating that one. You know, by all means, type that in the comments too, okay? And if you want to hear more about this win when it goes live, then follow Lisa Riggs on LinkedIn, okay? Sure. You will get the details. You will get yep. the details. Alrighty. So what has been your win of the week? Type in the comments, let us know, and we will celebrate with you, okay. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, share it out loud in the world, okay. What has been your win of the week, okay? Give a little honk. Well, maybe not that, um, but give a little win of the week, right? What's been your win of the week? Now, my win of the week has been that. So, I've been partnering with the Watson Institute. They're an incubator accelerator out in Colorado, and they first had me for their. Uh, one of their fellowships earlier this year. So I was teaching there and then they hired me again, contracted me again to teach another group of entrepreneurs, this time an international group of founders and business owners from Africa, U.S., the APAC region. Um, And essentially, one of my wins, though, is that one of my advisees from the earlier fellowship in the year, she emailed me to know that she actually won the pitch competition. And I was like, yay! Uh, but she was like, Yay, we won. And I was like, We won. What did we win? And she's like, Oh, we won the pitch competition. And I was like, Oh, great. Fantastic. So that's the win. Really? I guess it's her win. But it's my win as an extension of her win. So I'm going to just celebrate that. Yes, I'm celebrating that we won. There we go. There we go. So what has been your win of the week? Okay, what are you celebrating? What are you excited about? What did you contribute to? It could be personal. It could be business. Now we're going to go into Lisa's bio for those of you who don't already know. Okay. And then we will be going into these deep dive questions where we talk about how to win when people tell you you can't. Yes. So about our guests. You see... After creating a sock fundraising fundraiser for her daughter's school, Lisa realized this success could be replicated in other businesses. And that's how Spirit Socks USA was born. And to date, Lisa has helped thousands of businesses with branded socks that can be sold, provided as a corporate gift or offered as a customer giveaway. By collaborating with her customers to design unique socks and incorporating their branding, Lisa has found a niche that allows her to use her background in fundraising, HR, and in management. And when she's not doing that, she's a lifelong re- resident of California. She's been married for 26 years to the husband you heard about, whose birthday was yesterday. And she has two college-aged children. Also two dogs, a 32-year-old box turtle, and an active lifestyle, okay? Beach, hiking, and sports. And as a mom with two college-age children, Lisa has been involved in fundraisers, as well too, for a variety of their activities and sports. Yes, one of the questions we have coming up is how does she balance this all? But first question is... <laughs> Were there, what were those moments, Lisa, when people doubted your capabilities or told you that you couldn't achieve what you accomplished, right? I imagine that, you know, you were just being the mother, the wife, the, you know, pet owner, living your life. And then you were like, I'm going to do this sock business. And people were like, man, you <laughs> know, what, Could you describe those moments for us? And sort of how did you handle those doubts and criticisms?
2: Yeah, sure. It's, um, I think it's very real for pretty much anybody starting a business because, it's important to figure out how not to just be another one, right? You have to differentiate yourself. You're going to have to stand out from your competitors. And so it's going to be something different that people maybe haven't heard of before. And so I was, I kept it pretty close to the cuff. When I had the idea, I ran it past like, my most trusted family members and friends. And I had had other ideas because I had actually um, been home. I quit my, my high tech job to stay home with my kids for a while um, and loved it. Was so lucky to be able to do that, but got to this spot where I was like, well, now what do I do? I, you know, I, I don't have a career. I gave up my career for my kids. And so I was trying to figure out something I would love. Right. And so I had these kind of, I had some, funky ideas that trying to figure out things i love and how to start a business and my family would be like i don't think so but with the socks they went i think you got something there i really do and so i one of the very first people i told that was outside of my very close circle um i trusted him i respected him and he laughed in my face like spit came out of his mouth laughing in my face and i just I, I just struggled, you know. I just did this and walked out and thought, "What am I doing? Am I making the right decision?" And, um, and you know, and and of course now I feel like I'm I'm the one who like I'm like, "Who's laughing now, buddy?" Because <laughs> I've turned this into something way bigger than either of us ever thought it would be. But and I've had people throughout the years too tell me, "You're never going to be able to do this because you're too nice." Because I am I like I am a nice person. They're like, you're you're not gonna be good in business. You're too nice. I disagree with that. I think you can be nice and you can and you can run a successful, profitable business. And I'm prove I'm trying to prove that every single day I right? am. Yeah. Um I've also had people tell me, you're never gonna do this because you're only selling socks. Like, when are you gonna add, you know, whatever product they think I should add? And and I've continued to say I believe in doing one thing and being the expert at it, being the best at it. And that's what we're doing. And that's what has propelled our company to grow to the size that it is. And frankly, put this opportunity in front of us that the NDA that I can't talk about. She she said she's like, you guys will be the experts. Nobody else that we work with does socks. And so you will be the experts. And I said, exactly. That's exactly what we do. So I think it's important. There will be naysayers and it's important to expect that because You know, the world is full of negativity and everybody's got their opinion. And they, a lot of people don't hesitate to share that, whether it's positive or negative. And so I think it's just important to believe in yourself and, you know, if necessary, go back to those people that believe in you as well and get that affirmation. Um, But just know that one person's bad opinion or laughing at you does not define you, does not define your decision, does not define your success or what you're going to be able to do. And just understand that that's a small person who probably has... Something's going on if they're laughing at you, right?
0: Mm.
2: I love it.
0: Like two points that you brought up. One was the person who was who was laughing. The second part was about like just being that focusing on that one thing. But the part about the you know person laughing, I think it's also because for those of you who missed it, right? For her, it was someone who she actually did trust, right? Like Lisa trusted this person. He you know was a trusted confidant. You know she went outside the family with this person. It was kind of like a best friend. You know you like you tell your best friend. And they just laugh in your face, right? Like that can be, like it's one thing for someone randomly in the grocery store, you know? <laughs> you know, that's, that's one thing. But someone who like you actually value their opinion that much, right? Like they might as well be family in a sense, right? And they come to you and they do have that doubt and criticism. And as Lisa was mentioning, sometimes they have their own things in life. May, who, maybe they to they try to do a stock business themselves, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago and it failed. And so they're just projecting their own failures onto you at the end of the day. You know, I just love that. It's like leaning on the people who who do support you. Mm -hmm. Because as long as there's at least one other person who supports you, you can't be that crazy. You can't be that crazy. So I love that. I love that. And the second part is the idea of the focusing on one thing. Now we're going to like tactical business stuff here. Uh, But the focusing on one thing, right? And the idea that, yes, this company, all they do is sell socks, folks. Yeah, you heard it right. All they do is sell socks. (laughs) The last seven years, that's it. Just socks, socks on socks on socks. Lots of different types of socks. Yes.
2: Lots of different styles, yes. but ultimately it's socks. <laughs> it's socks,
0: right? Uh, it's not socks with dresses. not socks with sandals. Just socks. You can wear them with sandals, but they don't sell the sandals. You know, <laughs> so love that, love that, love that, right? I think a lot, especially in the, the retail space or apparel space, a lot of business owners are like, I must come out and be Amazon. Or, you know, they get to the point where maybe they, they only decided to do dresses two, three years, and they hear people coming in like, Oh, you should add something else. You should add belts. You should add this. You should add that. You should add that. So then decide to add this and that and this and that. Like, why is it not working? Because you tried to add this and that and that and this. And that's probably why. And so love that. Love that. Love that. So sticks to your guns. Be that expert. Okay. And so I'm going to go into this next question. Scaling a business, right, can be both exciting and challenging. Mm-hmm. What were some of the key strategies in addition to just focusing on that one thing? What were some of the key strategies that you implemented to successfully scale
2: your business? I think the most important thing is to, is to hire the right people. It's um, they're probably going to be expensive, and but it's critical to invest in getting the right people in place so that you can scale the business. Um, I think it's also important to not think about where you are today, but where you want to be in one, two, five, three, five years, right? And so when you're scaling, you're planning. You're 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 probably going to need financing you're probably going to spend outside of you know the what you've got in you know in your accounts because you're spending for where you want to be in three or five years and so i think it's important to have that type of mindset i know for me for so long i was like oh you know i made decisions based on what i could afford instead of what was best for the company and once i started making decisions on what was best for the company and then i figured out how to fund it obviously Like before I brought it on, but you've got to figure out how to fund it. But that's what I would do is I would, I would hire the best person, I would make the best decision, and then I'd figure out how to fund it. And that's when the company really started to grow. And, and so I think it's important to, it's, it's a mindset and it's scary, but it's an investment in yourself and the company and your growth. And unless you make that investment, um, you're not going to really move forward.
0: I love that. That is such a great point. I know some people are probably thinking, yeah, Lisa, but like, how'd you fund it? Cause wait, do you use
2: venture capital? Do you? No? I don't. Are I I know? don't. I, it's, it's actually some, it's so interesting. I've been talking about this so much recently because I'm WeBank certified, which is the women owned. And I I go to uh, events, I went to the enterprising women conference and what women are now talking about in these events is that of of all of the funding out there only 2% of women owned businesses receive it. 90, say that again. 98 percent goes that to men. 90% yes. of funding. And so not only is that intimidating for women owned businesses but it's un, it's completely unfair. How are we supposed to compete? And so what these when I'm going to these conferences with these successful and powerful women business owners what they're talking about is we need to invest in our our ourselves, each other. We need to invest in women. And so they're talking about creating venture capitalist firms by women for women. They're talking about angel investors, like for these successful women, like, can you be an angel investor? Can you invest in small women-owned businesses? And we all work together to grow each other up. And so I think that's critically important. So I, um, I was able to secure a line of credit there's a lot of different ways you can get a loan. You know, you can get um, you know venture capitalist funding. I was I was worried to go into the VC a little bit, and I live in Silicon Valley. I have connections, but um, it's it is a scary, scary thing. And and but if you you know, but it's I feel like that funding is a piece of being able to grow. I tried, I bootstrapped this thing for a, a lot of, you know, five, six years and, and I did the best I could, it grew, but it's only going to grow to a certain extent. That funding needs to be a piece of the next step.
0: Hmm. I I appreciate that perspective. Right. So yeah. So it's like you got to this point and it was bootstrapped and you got the line of credit and other funding at some point it's sort of thinking about, okay, I think part, part of what you mentioned, what's your vision? Like, where do you want to go and what's going to be the funding to support that? And that might be VC next step, but also having the awareness that it's tapping into that network of women that you know to get that funding, right? Which brings to the next question, right? Because one of the, as a woman entrepreneur, as a woman business owner, one of the challenges is the supportive network or the lack thereof of the supportive network, right? And building a support network is so vital for any business owner. We talked about it in the beginning of the episode where you have somebody to actually root you on, but even just white with funding with helping your business in other aspects. So how did you go about, or how do you even currently go about finding mentors or like-minded individuals who could offer you guidance and encouragement, whether you were starting out, whether you were five years in or even today?
2: Yeah, it was something I knew I needed and wanted from the beginning. And it took me Five and a half years to find, and so it was really hard because I felt like I was a little bit floundering because I didn't I I didn't have that mentor that could give me the advice, and I was making decisions based on my gut. And um, sometimes I was right, and sometimes I was wrong. And and mentors also sometimes are right and sometimes are wrong. But at least having that that sounding board, that guidance of somebody who's been there before. So through WeBank, through actually I got involved um, and um, I took. Courses that were offered through WeBank, I showed up to meetings and events, and that's where I met a group of people where I I basically, she's coach slash mentor, um, kind of in that supplier diversity field. And then again, by showing up, I recently was able to um, hire like Advisors, basically, to help me scale the company, and and just kind of, I, I felt like I was maybe going off in too many directions. <laughs> I was very excited, and uh, but <laughs> but that doesn't help when uh, when it's like pop rockets brain, right? You're like, Doo, do, 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 I can do all this, and so we're you know we're we're kind of taking it back down, but we're we're planning the scale, and we're 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 planning the finances within the scale, and so um, it really, uh, yeah, I finally found my mentor just by really showing up and, and meeting people. In those circles that i was you know that i wanted to be a part of
0: Mm, i love that i love that patience (laughs) putting yourself where you want to be and then essentially that might be the nda calling (laughs) Um, yeah so patience putting yourself where you want to be and eventually showing up to allow the right people to come and gravitate towards you Love that, love that, love that. Thank you for sharing. And we're going to go into now, right? So this was the, the business side. We're also the personal, right? How the personal connects to the business. Because what I always say, listeners, if you haven't already heard, but I always say, right? Your personal is your business. Your business is your personal. There's no shutting it down. There's no crossing it out. There's no, oh, let me just come to business and like leave the person at the door. No, no. Okay, you are your business, right? Um, until Lisa passes off to another president, you know, she's a business, she's a business. And so as your business grew, Lisa, now it is growing, right? But just even in those first seven years to get to this point of even growth and success, how did you balance the demands of work and personal life? What strategies did you use to prevent burnout?
2: Yeah, you know, my family has always been my priority. And um, that was actually why I left high tech. My, My boss was a VP of HR. And pulled me in after I had my son and said, Lisa, it's a shame your priorities have changed. And I went, my, I said, my priorities have never changed. My family has always come first. I just now need to, you know, pick my son up by six o'clock for, you know, from daycare. And so that was a huge eye opener in the beginning of my career. And, and my family is the most important thing to me. And and I'm sure for everybody listening, that's, you know, uh, that's, um, work is work and, and it's great. And it defines a lot of who we are, but ultimately my family. And so I do my best to prioritize them. I I did my best to go to all my daughter's soccer games. Um, even though I knew how much work I had to do, and so I think time management is um, is really important. Um, I'm a list keeper. I <laughs> my list might scare you if I show it to you for today, but I you know I constantly like before I shut off at night, I make a list of what I need to do tomorrow, and that actually really helps my brain turn off because I know it's all there for me when I wake up and the next morning. And the other thing I do is. Um, for me, exercise and and active activity has always been just a key piece of who I am. And I got to the spot where I'm like, I'm so busy that come like with the company, i i I feel guilty going to the gym. But, I realized that it's so key to my mental and my physical health that I prioritize going to the gym every day. And it's important to me, it it refreshes my mind. Before big meetings, actually, I go to the gym because I know I'm gonna be better, because I, I feel better, I got those endorphins going, it's a piece of who I am. And so I think it's important to just remember, and also, oh, on that, speaking of exercise, like Richard Branson exercises every day, like the most successful people in the world fit exercise or fit their priorities into their daily calendars. And I thought, you know what, if he can do it, so can I. <laughs> and so I think it's important to just, you know, prioritize what is what is of value in your life and your personal. Don't forget when you're, you know, when you're prioritizing your family, that you need to be a part of that as well. I think so many of us sacrifice our mental and physical health to take care of everybody else, including our business. And it's really, really key to take care of ourselves as well, because you're not—you're going to be better for all of them if you're healthy and happy.
0: Mm. Very, so beautifully well said, Lisa. Just took the words out of my mouth. See, listen, yes, clap, 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 clap. For those listening on the podcast, Here you, go. you see to me clapping. Okay, yes, it's what I always—what I always say, people. Okay, under what well, first, I got to understand your priorities. Number one, right? Understand your priorities. You don't already understand your priorities. Maybe it's not family. Maybe you're a yeah. single woman. And you know you have no intention of dating. It's just you and your company, okay? Nice. And yes, but you you love exercise. You love meditating. You love going out to brunch, whatever it may be, right? But understanding your priorities and understanding them in a way where it's what makes you feel good, not not everyone else's priorities for you, okay? Just because they want you to cook those, you know, bake those cookies for the cookie for the bake sale <laughs> does not mean that that's your priority, okay? <laughs> unless you want it, unless you enjoy it. You know, if that if you don't like doing it, that's probably not a priority that you need to make a priority. Just something to consider. So really understanding your priorities and then understanding that you can fit them in. You can fit them in. You make time for what you want. That's all it is. You make time for what you want. Yes. Love that. Thank you, Lisa, for being the example. <laughs> Thank you for being the example and the inspiration. Love it. OK, so we are coming up with the end episode. So final advice. Looking back on your journey, is there anything you wish you had known when you were starting out, or even when you hit the the two year mark, the five year mark, or even now in the seven year mark, that would have made the path smoother or easier <laughs> that you want to impart to others?
2: I tell you, like there's so many things um, that we can say, and but and and one thing, there's two things I would say. First, for people who are new in their businesses or thinking about starting a business, it's you know obviously you think about your product and you know your your avatar customer and all this type of thing. But think about it's important to figure out how you're going to acquire your customers because you don't just stick a website out there with and compete with the other billions of websites. You don't just post on Amazon and all of a sudden have orders. And so it's really important to figure out how you're going to get and reach those customers, not only who the customer is. And then the second piece, I really wish someone would have told me, or I would, I or I would have given myself credit is to um, legally protect yourself, get your trademark. Um, I didn't think my business was important enough, and and so I didn't do it in a timely manner. And I I would definitely suggest like when you are, it's so fun when you're starting your company. You're like, oh, what's my logo and my branding colors and my website and the name. All these things are so important to you know what the company is going to be. Equally important is when you're thinking about that name, check the USPTO. See if that is already legally trademarked, and if so, think maybe think of another name so that you can make sure that everything you do, your brand is legally protected. It's and and don't ever think that you're not worth it or you're not big enough, which is what I did. Um, it's it's not true. As soon as you're as soon as you're out there, it's, it should be one of the first things you do.
0: Mm, that is such great advice. Yes, I know the lawyers listening. I know I have some some legal <laughs> some legal friends who are probably like, yes, let me comment on this right quick. Okay, um, so if you are a trademark lawyer listening, by all means, feel free to comment uh, and share your services. And so, Lisa, thank you for being an amazing guest and sharing your story here today. How can people follow up and reach you from just to stay in touch and support Spirit Socks USA?
2: Thank you Vanessa. I I as as you talked about, we only make socks, but we do two types of them now. Um we we make custom socks and so if anybody's interested in just learning more about us, seeing we have a lot of designs on the website. Um, seeing our cup, custom socks, you can go to our website at spiritsocksusa.com, socks is S-O-X. Um, and then we just have launched a sock store where people can buy just a single pair or a couple of pairs of socks just to test us out. And so um, they can check out the sock store, see if they like any of those designs and get a gift, get it for themselves, um, whatever they'd like. We'll have some Black Friday specials coming and some holiday specials and stuff as as we near the end of the year.
0: Mm, love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So everyone check out spiritsocksusa.com and we also have another link as well in the comments to the special socks store for you as an individual as well to purchase your lovely socks. Just see the socks and then you already just want to buy them. Uh, okay, I know you're curious you're like, what's up with these socks? Like, <laughs> So by all means, check out Socksusa.com just to see the socks. Just because just we just gonna went by. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we we'll love it. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us here and sharing your story. And for those of you listening, thank you all for always listening and following and subscribing as well. If you didn't already tell, this show is not only about a story, but also about lessons and action items for you as a business owner to keep you moving forward in your vision. We equip and empower you through education. Continue staying tuned each week of season four for our special guests with even more insights. Subscribe below if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe below with the bell button. And also follow our podcast on Spotify or whatever channel you are listening to. And remember, entrepreneurship is a marathon, but it's a marathon you don't have to run alone. Thank you all. Toodles.
1: Are you interested in partnering with Vanessa Zami, the business defibrillator to revive, grow, or scale your business? Then text 617-959-2203. We specialize in collaborating with storefronts, salons, and shops. That's 617-959-2203 for more details. If you're looking to shock your 10-year shop back to life, then text 617-959-2203 for more details. Thanks for joining us this week on entrepreneurship is a marathon if you found value in this show we'd appreciate a rating on itunes or spotify or if you'd simply tell a friend about this episode and if you're looking for more tips on reviving your business make sure to visit our website vzamy.com. that's b z a m y.com time to revive grow and scale visit vzamy.com. that's b for vanessa z for zebra A for animal, M as in money, Y as in yes.com. Visit bzammy.com for more details.